and we are live. Hey, Concrete. Hey, Danny. What's good with your mama? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, honey. How are things? Uh, absolutely fantastic. And I am in a surprisingly good mood. Um, excited for today's show. Uh, but how has your weekend been? How how are you doing? I am doing pretty good. I woke up in a good mood too. I didn't sleep real, you know. I for whatever reason, we've done like I'm not gonna say we've done a hundred interviews, but we've done quite a few interviews, and I'm like, holy shit, I'm nervous. And so I'm nervous. Really? Yeah, I actually kind of woke up a little nervous today. I was like, girl, act like Dang. you guys act like you didn't do did this before. And so I'm trying I'm to think of one interview I was nervous for. If there was one interview that I was nervous for, it was probably like Wesley Pipes. That was one of our earliest interviews. It was kind of outside of the realm of what I was comfortable talking about, like on air publicly. So I was like, you know, even when you brought up that idea, I was like, I don't know. Uh-uh. I thought I was going to have to go get the can for you, honey. I really did. I was Baby. rejecting that. I was like, uh-uh, that's a little too risky. You talking about a porn star? Girl, you was like, I was like, this is one of the biggest, girl. I was like, I, if I had to come on and do it by myself, we was going to do that. I was like, sis. Oh no, my gosh. It was like pulling teeth originally for you to convince me because I was like, uh-uh, absolutely. And to be completely honest, swear to God, did not know who he was. I heard the, I knew the name. So I had mm -hmm. heard of the name, but I wouldn't be able to know him. Mm -hmm. Like walking up, I swear, mm -hmm. like, I haven't even. I Concrete, we know you had your long skirt on. Listen, since we know like you have the ninety ankles on that day, baby. We, no, we know. I just didn't know. Like I, I don't know his face. So when you said it, I'm like, who? And you was like, girl, da 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 da. And I'm like, oh, what's the? Don't make it like, sound I like know. I knew everything about him. Child, don't do that. She don't gave me the bio to run down. You know, he was in um slut shaming and so, like telling me his whole uh bio, movie I'm not bio. I'm gonna do this with I'm you, like, ma'am. Oh, don't do that. Don't do me, man. Concrete, I'm so I was glad. able to run down all the movies. <laughs> Listen, I'm glad that you were like uh, uh, insistent on us doing that interview because it did allow me to open up and like stop being such a prude and like, girl, like, what you scared to talk about? You a grown woman. Um, you know, we we should be able to talk openly and have a tactful conversation about you know porn and anything else we want to talk about. So I'm glad mm. that you were like not letting up. Yes, honey, that part. But <laughs> let me give out the shout outs, honey. Shout out to the real Dana up in this thing. Hey, Dana. Hey, Dana. Uh, thank you for the super sticker. And then Absolutely. Dana came right back with Ooh. it. Like, hey, keep up the good work, great content. FYI to all the dusties, if you're going to hate, then mm. donate, but keep mm. it respectful, honey. That part. Now, that's the word. That part. Thank mm -hmm. you so, so much for that super chat, Dana. Um, Shout out to my husband. Hey, daddy. He <laughs> said, this is going to be good, baby. Yes, indeed. Mm. He know it. He know it. Mm. Mm. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We got some more. Oh, y'all showing all the love today. Oh. I love it. Hey, hey, Jessica, she came through with a super sticker. Thank you so much for that. We Thank appreciate you, it. 
Um, shout out to Karan Williams. He says, y'all got me salivating waiting for this. Gotta hear the exotical's opinion. This woman <laughs> is gold for real. I will not tolerate disparaging comments from the Thus gang. I'm oh, glad he's he said that. on his duties today. Listen, yes, oh. I'm glad he said that because that is a word. As you guys know, uh, we're not tolerating disrespect. We do have a special guest and she's going to be joining us within the next minute or so. And uh, we definitely want to keep it respectful. You guys can disagree all you want with her opinions or, you know, any of the rhetoric that you hear on today's discussion, but do it in a tactful manner and like no disrespect. We ain't tolerating it. Thank you, Karan, for the reminder. That part. Um, shout out to Sweet Melody Speaks. She says, like on the way in. <laughs> Thank Melody. You, Melody. <laughs> and shout out to Jessica X again. She says, it should be a great show. Um, you know, we we hope we do a little something today. We you know, know, you know, a little something. But um, this is going to be a great show. Thank you guys for getting us started. And, and, you know, before we even enter the building, thank you guys for all the love that you are showing by way of Super Chat. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a very good show. Very good discussion. Uh, I'm excited. Um, now, like Concrete, are you going to play good cop or bad cop today? Which one you What am I typically? The bad cop. I'm no, baby, listen. You've been, only time you've been on your pick me shit like a lot lately, so <laughs> oh, you know, so I don't know. Listen, I think you're gonna be sisterhood today. I think you're gonna be sisterhood today, baby. Oh, that's what you calling. We yeah. gonna see. We shall see. But listen, the thing is, I am always the good cop unless these fools come up in here. Um with their white supremacy talking points. When they come with the white supremacy talking points, the bad cop comes out and is, and she's staying out. So, you know, I mean, you, you got to expect Girl, that. Goldie <laughs> even said you're going to be the bad <laughs> cop, baby. She even said, Goldie. Goldie. We shall, we shall Goldie. see. She going to be on her sisterhood. Listen, she hard today, baby. I got so, a whole, listen, <laughs> I can't stand Danny. I got a whole sad sitting next to me. It's rare that I played the bad cop unless they come with the white supremacist talking points. Then I can't help myself. I mean, it just comes out of me. Hey, what can I say? Girl. Shannon Wilde said woke cop. That, that part, yeah, that's about right. Kenan Wilde, don't get her started, baby. You know. <laughs> Demetrius, you a hater. Honey, oh, honey, listen, baby, the whole hater. But you um, figured y'all was gonna come with the sisterhood, uh, talk, talking, talking. You already today. know, baby. I was like, uh, we gonna be all kind of sisterhood. You oh, know it. Reviewing Goldie, and she got mm -hmm. a rich on their channel. You oh, know ah, get over it. Y'all <laughs> gonna be okay, baby. Take some aspirin. Um, I'm trying to tell you. You know, go take a nap. No, don't go take a nap because you don't want to miss it. <laughs> Take a uh, nap afterwards. Yeah, you don't like, probably need a nap. You know how when your kid yeah. acts up and you like they need a nap? Like that's a, 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 a legend. Or that's essentially what we'll be seeing in the chat. People acting up because they need a nap. It's about that time. It's almost noon here on the East Coast. You know, some of these folks will need to take a nap afterwards. So yes. um, yeah. Well, Goldie is here. Um, guys, we are serious about the disrespect. Mm -hmm. None will be tolerated. Um, let's act like some grown-ups. Um, we I, I appreciate y'all and um let's get started. Welcome, Goldie. Hey, Goldie. Mm. Hey ladies, how y'all doing? 
outstanding. How are you? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me up and inviting me to a formal panel. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Yes, we really appreciate the opportunity. Um, We believe this is your first panel that you've been on since you actually started the petition or actually since the petition blew up. And so um, thank you for allowing us this opportunity to interview you and get your side of things. We really appreciate that. Oh, you are so welcome. There is no other place I would have gone first than with you two ladies. You're so dope. We absolutely love it. And we are so excited to hear from you and hear your um, um, hear your commentary as it relates to uh, this this petition that has been created and is causing such a stir in this space. Um, Honey, let's talk about some of the places the petition has made it to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's made it to Tasha K. It's made mm-hmm. it to Rolling Out made it to mm-hmm. O'Shea Duke Jackson. It's made it to Sandra Rose. It's made it to Fly Nubian Queen. Um, ja- the Jasmine brand. It's made it to um, the the show with Vivica Fox. I can't think of the Fox, uh, Fox Soul. Fox Soul. Um, yes. I've seen it just about every place you can imagine. Everywhere I go, I'm hearing people talk about it. Um, it's made it to the Ricky Smiley Morning Show. Like Everybody has something to say about it. So Honey, it is causing quite the stir. Well, I did not know that. Thank you so much, ladies, for sharing that with me. I had no idea um, about 75% of those things, those places that you all named. I really didn't know. Absolutely. That's how big it is because, um, yeah, there's a, a, a lot of, you know, dissenting rhetoric as it relates to the um, as it relates to the petition. And then I've seen some people supporting it. So I think there are some mixed views as it relates to uh, this petition. So um, we gonna go ahead and get into it. Danny, you wanna kick it off or you want me to? You can, but I do want to cite um, the last I checked, which was um, very late last night. Um, the petition was up to 14,172 signatures. Wow. So, um yeah, just wanted to Thank let you, you guys know that. Thank you for those statistics because the very first video that I watched on the petition, I think, oh, maybe that was Goldie's video. There was a video that I watched early on regarding the petition and it was it was citing that it was at like 1500. And then the next one that I saw was citing that it was at like 5,000. So with that being said, it is obvious that the buzz around the petition is creating... Um, it's creating, you know, more people flocking to it and signing the petition as well. So let's just start with the preliminary information relating to the petition. I'm going to ask the obvious question, um, Goldie, and I know you've talked about this extensively on your channel, and we will be dropping your link to your channel. And I'm going to ask the mods if you don't mind sharing uh, Goldie's link, because she does have her own channel, the Goldie Jones channel. Um, but I want to know, like, what was your reason for creating? this petition just plain and simple um thank you so much concrete i um can you hear me i told y'all that yeah, i we, got we, my babies together and here he is <laughs> right <laughs> he like that's what you thought mama we right. can hear you fine okay um so i um operate a um 
a small space on a social media platform where I interact with about 15 to 1600 ladies, kind of like on a daily basis or so. And we talk about relationships and dating and leveling up and, you know, all of the girly things, right? Makeup, clothes, hair, all of that stuff. And so many of the girls had, um, you know, begun sharing experiences um, from recent dating, you know, interactions that they've had with men um, on on the phone and in person. And one thing rang true um, with most of those experiences that these ladies were sharing is that there was um, this surgence of like this red pill, quote unquote, ideology um, that was kind of spilling over into real life. I know that the YouTube space is a little more advanced than what's happening in day-to-day life. So I was really surprised to hear that um, these disastrous dates um, were, you know, with these guys um, were happening with men that belong to the red pill community and after listening further and hearing more about those experiences they also um followed kevin samuels that was like the common theme between all of them um i had had those conversations with women who had been on dates with guys and how odd those experiences were but then even shared more conversations with other women about um, how their self-esteem had been impacted and um, just their view of themselves and self-worth and confidence had been impacted by um, opinions that were kind of floating around in the space, you know, um, about rating yourself, um, what what they felt they were eligible for eligible for in life because of how they looked or if they had an education or not, or if they um, had children or not, or just so many different things. And um, I felt so bad for these ladies who felt trapped in the opinions of others and a community that most women don't know about, you know? Um, So I decided to create this little petition um, because I, you know, I was saying to myself and to the ladies, if something is going on and you don't agree with it, or you feel like it's making you feel endangered, or, you know, you're feeling less safe because of um, these opinions that are going around, you know, you can do something about it. It doesn't mean that, um, you know, that those opinions will go away, but you can make your opinion known too about how you're being impacted by the actions and words of other people and how your daily life um, is being affected by that. So I created the petition and shared it to my group and I got about 200 signatures and I just forgot about it. I didn't share it on my public Facebook page. I didn't share it in many other spaces outside of that little area that I was speaking to ladies in. And um, about two months, two and a half months after I created that petition, I got an email from a young lady by the name of Cassandra and she had shared the petition on her platform. And um, just, I think a day after she shared that, she sent me the email. I started getting all of these crazy emails and comments on old videos, you know, Um, because I really hadn't been active on my YouTube channel Um, and inboxes on Instagram and Facebook from all these 
strangers <laughs> um, regarding the petition. And that kind of brought us to where we are now. Wow, thank you for um, you. all the background. Yeah, uh, very interesting. And and thank you for keep getting us up to speed as it relates to how it started and how we end up here. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead, Dan. Right. Um, so, Goldie, um, you know, we do have a couple of tough questions. Um, we didn't want to, we wanted to conduct a fair interview, but we definitely right. wanted to hear it from your side. But um, I went through quite a few online communities to see what people were saying um, in regards about the petition. A lot of people said you did this for a clout chase. You did this to blow your channel up. Um, what do you say in regards to that? Um, to be honest, I um, I created the YouTube channel that I had. Y'all know my baby on my lap now. <laughs> I created the YouTube channel that I had um, just to kind of speak to that small group of women that I told you that I work with um, every day. Okay, baby. Um, so I really had no no plans for that channel to like be big or kind of take off. It was just something extra to do with those women. Um, so the idea of clout chasing and wanting to get attention, like that's kind of not me. I really like playing the background. Um, I don't like being out <laughs> in the public kind of. Um, so I'm really surprised to be honest of, about how I've handled things so far um, because I, I really don't like the attention and I really don't like, I, I just really don't like the attention. Um, but once the petition kind of took off, I had to speak a little bit more. So I've been speaking more, but that was never really my goal. Okay. Well, thank you for that. I have to say, basically, based off of like our interactions with you, uh, I can personally say that um, I didn't see you as like an attention seeker. Um, so um, thank you for you know, giving your perspective as it relates to um, your, the, any underlying reason that you might have done this. Um, I know we have a few super chats, so we'll pause for just a second to read those. And then I have a follow up question for you. Well, what I was going to do about the Super Chats, um, I was just going to give everybody a shout out in the chat um, so we won't be disruptive um, to the interview process. Um, a lot of the stuff that they have okay. in their Super Chats, um, we do have those in our questions already. Um, so, yeah, we'll, so we'll highlight them and then, you know, we'll, we will thank you in the chat. So the we're, chat. we're not trying to be rude. We just we have just a lot of questions. questions. <laughs> yes. So we want to keep uh, the uh, flow of their interview going. Um, but shout out to Gabe A. Um, thank you for your super chat. We got you covered. Got you. Absolutely. I do want to say, I know like basically listening to uh, what you initially explained regarding your reasoning behind the petition um, is very admirable. But I want to know um, that when we talk about, you know, Black men um, and just speaking of this space, which myself and Danny, we've been in this space for, you know, several years and just kind of become familiar with the rhetoric of the space, as well as a lot of the men that are you know, within this space. Um, I want to know, like, you know, you, you were talking about essentially 
empathizing with those women who you've connected with through your social media, but do black men not have the right to ensure that their voices are also heard by way of black male media? And I know that Kevin has now gone mainstream, which gives black men an even larger voice um, as it relates to what they deal with in the day-to-day dating world. But in your opinion, do you not feel that they also have a right to ensure that their voice and their experiences are heard, you know, on a large platform? Um, Yeah, I think it's important um, that everyone is given space to speak, of course. Um, I agree with that. Um, I think that there is, um, you know, a slight misunderstanding regarding um, freedom of speech and what that actually is, what it entails, and the responsibility that we must show to each other in order to be afforded that right. When we have freedom of speech, um, you know, it's really easy to cross the line into hate speech. And that's kind of, um, you know, what there's a few things. I'll, I'll go back to those things, uh, to the petition, but there's a few things that kind of um, underlay my decision to create the petition. But when that speech becomes negative, um, like I said, compels or makes women feel unsafe or, um, you know, it's promoting, um, you know, <laughs> negativity, violence, nastiness, you know, abuse against women, um, and especially women of a particular demographic, um, then that's when I think we need to step back and take an honest and objective look at what's actually being said and um, why we support it. And, um, you know, if we can really um, think about the people that not only are impacted, the demographic that is impacted by uh, that speech, but the hearers and doers of that speech. You know, um, I I really think that (laughs) that there's a fine line and we have a responsibility to ourselves and to others to be honest about the reality of that. Well, do you agree with any of Kevin Samuel's talking points? Yeah, you know, I have been on panels with you um, ladies before, and um, we've spoken specifically about Kevin. Y'all know that I I liked Kevin then. I still like him now. Um, my And I listen to his videos, uh, his streams a lot. You know, they're very entertaining. And, you know, I do take away some beneficial information from most of them. Um, um, but I So just, you're saying current day... You still watch Kevin? Yeah, I watch Kevin not too long. Really? I, I don't watch him as much as I used to, but I, I, I sub, I'm sub to Kevin, and I've seen him in the last two weeks or so. Um, I've seen him in the last two weeks or so um, on the stream. I can't remember which one, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not against to listening to him, and I'm not against to listening to opposing perspective. So. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And yeah, yeah, I, I um I do agree with some things he say he um he he has said, but um, you know, when we get into other things, I don't agree with. But that doesn't mean that I have to hate him or not like him or think he's scum of the earth. It just means that I don't agree. And I think that um those statements when um internalized by the wrong people can really um, be destructive. 
So although you think there's some truth to some, well, you agree with some of the things that he says, is it that, uh, and, and I'm just asking this as a clarifying question before I ask my question. Um, it's, so although you uh, agree with some of the things that he says, is it that you think that his message is somehow detrimental to women? Uh, I just, just for clarity. Um, yeah, I think that, okay, I think that, <laughs> Okay, okay. I think that elements of his message um, can be destructive to a certain de demographic, and I'm talking specifically black women. Um, I think that black women kind of get the most criticism from him um, and his followers. Um, and yeah, I think that, you know, women in general can benefit from some of the things he says, but I think that elements of his message can really be destructive um, when aimed towards Black American women um, in particular. Thank you. That I find that interesting. And I was going to ask another question, but now I want to go in a different direction. So I, I find that interesting um, that you find that, you know, elements of his message can be destructive or detrimental to, you know, African-American women, whereas the premise, I guess, of like a lot of the rhetoric in this space is to hold women accountable. Um, so I want to know what your thoughts are about Black women being held accountable and if the men, like in your personal circle, if you see examples of men, you know, within your own life, holding black women accountable. So like, I, what, what are your thoughts about his message? Not necessarily being of detriment, but kind of like holding a mirror up to black women to say, you know, this is the mess that you've created as a result of your actions and you need to be held accountable for said actions. Um, uh, I, uh, I'm not sure. Is that is that clear, or do you need me to clarify what I'm asking? Um, you're asking me um, how do I feel about Kevin in particular, but men holding women ac accountable for their actions. Yeah. Correct. Essentially, yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, and then you also spoke about men in my everyday life and kind of yeah. Do you see those examples? Right. Okay, yeah, I think that from from my perspective, the man is the leader, like he's in charge, right? Like it starts with him and it kind of ends with him. Um, I think that women can and should, you know, respectfully, you know, state what it is that they want and need from situations or interactions with men. Um, but I think that men are ultimately, quote unquote, in charge. Okay. Um, with that being in charge, there comes a huge responsibility. You know, a lot of times we talk about submission, women being submissive to men. Um, but with that, men have a huge responsibility in creating the environment for the woman to be submissive and to feel safe enough to kind of turn her quote unquote power or safety over to the man and trust that he will honor that, you know? Um, so when it comes to men holding women accountable, I definitely think that's a thing. Um, men have held me accountable in my real life. I look to men to hold me accountable um, in my real life. Um, it's just that I think that um, the sentiment that I hear 
in the community that you know Kevin kind of belongs to or comes from is is unbalanced in a way. I think that they describe mm-hmm. um, the worst of us, um, the most egregious of us, you know, ladies, and then compare all women along that spectrum. Um, and I think that's where the problem comes in. That we have some women that you know haven't had positive interactions with men or don't have men, you know, in their media circles and therefore I might not know how to interact with the man respectfully or something like that. But then we have those women who have positive and healthy relationships with men and more understand, more better understand men and um, are able to relate to them in a more um, um, respectful way. But these men focus heavily on um, those women who, um, you know, have not uh learned or have not been taught um kind of the differences between a man and a woman and how um you know healthy communication is fostered um so i think that that's how the perspective kevin's perspective coming from the community that he comes from and all of that is unbalanced and it paints a whole demographic as one thing when it's really that's really not our reality Thank you, um, Goldie, for answering the question. Um, Danny, it's on you. I just want to remind the mods, mm-hmm. if they could, please. Um, if you guys could please uh, drop Goldie's link throughout the stream, if you would, don't mind dropping the link to Goldie's channel um, there, during the interview. Thank Can you. I also say um, thank you for, for sharing my channel link. My channel is primarily for women. I don't um, mind the guys coming over because it does encourage healthy dialogue, you know, a balanced conversation. Um, but the last few days I've been talking more about men, but, um, you know, my message is really for women. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Goldie, would you credit women in their participation for Kevin Samuels um, channels acceleration um, to start on? Like, what about the thousands of women that actually support his message? Um, Good question. What do you think about that? Um, Yeah, I do think that that women play a big part of it. But to be honest, Kevin comes from a really strong community anyway. Um, so as long as the conversation um, was about women, I think that um, Kevin would have been just as popular either way. Um, but yeah, I think that women have been integral in his success and, um, you know, really helped to take him to the next level. Um I think that it's not so much as just the women being there and um, kind of, you know, calling into the show and everything. I think that is how the women are treated that has really made his show um, and his popularity what it is. You know, he mm-hmm. is kind of seen as like this hard-nosed guy that you know, doesn't take any mess from the women and is going to, you know, check them and hold them accountable and, you know, tell them about themselves, you know. So I think that a lot of guys and even a lot of women um, who are entertained by that um, tune in for, you know, that type of thing. And that has increased his popularity um, significantly. So, So what would you say in regards to them participating, like if they know, 
um, Kevin Samuels pretty much conduct the same um, types of interview styles with women just about every time he goes live. Um, and the women are rushing to get up there to be seen, to be heard, to get his advice. Um, what would you say to them if they're the ones participating? Um, what, what I would say is that, you know, I understand why um, these women are coming to him because he is a man. He is an older man and um, he seemingly is knowledgeable about what it is that he speaks about. Um, and um, aside from that, like I mentioned earlier, not a lot of women have, you know, positive uh, relationships with quote unquote, more quality guys that they can kind of talk to and kind of get some answers from. So in theory, I understand why um, they are going to his channel and why they are asking him questions. Um, I do think that they, um, women would be, they could be better served um, by really talking to a a true professional, you know, not to say that Kevin isn't a professional, um, but, you know, a licensed therapist, a counselor, a psychologist, or something like that to help them understand the, the truly underlying issues. Because once we get past the, you chose a bum and, or you chose a deadbeat dad or whatever, you know, those criticisms are, or, you know, you have a bad attitude, the woman really needs to begin to explore the root of those things. You know, why is my <laughs> attitude the way it is? Why am I making the choices that I'm making in men? And I don't think that, um, I'm sorry, baby. I don't think that I have, um, seeing the conversation on Kevin's streams explored to to that degree. Um, so I think that ultimately the women are looking for answers. Um, Wait a minute, Goldie. You said um, you don't think it's been explored to that degree. I want you to clarify that for us. I think she's yeah. meaning going deeper. Were you saying going deeper? Yeah, on the streams, you know, Kevin really from what I've seen, I haven't seen all of his millions of streams, right? But from the ones that I have seen, you know, there are, you know, good conversations about the relationship in general, um, but not really behind, I mean, not really delving deeper into the woman's pathology, you know, the trauma that she might be working from, um, you know, the uh, abuse that she might have experienced that caused her to see things or make decisions the way that she has, you know, it's kind of difficult to make that type of assessment, you know, on the type of format that Kevin has. Like, you know, that's why professional therapists, licensed therapists and counselors and all of that stuff are who they are and they are available to us because, you know, they have the ability to kind of get down to the root of it. And so I, I feel that you know, on the surface, we talk about the relationships and the failures of those relationships. But if you really want to get to the root, we need to begin to think more about therapy and actually pursue therapy and, you know, really sort those things out in a meaningful way, in a way that can bring real solution to your now and to your later, um, more so than just talking about the surface issues. Okay. Thank you now, that, the, uh, just one last um, thing, Conqueror. Go ahead. 
Um, you know, his detractors are definitely going to tell you that he has suggested therapy um, for a lot, a lot of women that have come through his show. Um, so, you know, that's going to be a thing that everybody's going to say, well, Kevin does suggest therapy for a lot of women. Um, do you have any response to that? Um, yeah, I've heard him suggest therapy a lot. And that's one thing that I appreciate. Um, the, the comments that compel me to make the com the petition, um, I was surprised that he didn't speak to um, therapy or providing other um, alternatives outside of what he considered to be the solution to the issue that they were considering um, or, or talking about. Um, but yeah, you know, to be honest, I think a lot of us women um, who call into his show know that we need therapy, right? We know mm. that therapy is available to us. We know that therapy exists. I used to work in, um, you know, um, a place that had a lot of resources um, available to women for many different things, you know? So even those of us who um, are more quote unquote disadvantaged know that these resources are available, um, yet, you know, we still, <laughs> you know, have a conversation with someone who's going to point us back to um, where we know mm -hmm. we should have been all along, you know? Um, so I'm not saying that he doesn't advocate for therapy. I've heard it before. Um, and, um, you know, I understand that that is a position that he does take. However, I know that a lot, I believe that a lot of the women who call in already know that they need to be seeing, you know, a licensed therapist or counselor or something. I think that, um, thank you, Goldie, for, uh, your um, in-depth answer to Danny's questions. I, I do think that, you know, namely Kevin is for entertainment. So of course he is not going to, you know, dig deeper. He's not going to psychoanalyze. He does not have the um, education to um, the, 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 um, education experience to kind of psychoanalyze and go deeper with the women who call his show. And of course, that's also not his purpose, nor do I believe that that is his specific mission. Um, you know, when we talk, if we talk about, and not, not to make the comparison, but if we talk about like Wendy Williams, you know, and she is sort of gossip tabloid, she is, you know, critiquing people's lives, their relationships, you know, what they do in their everyday life. Um, and, you know, she's of course not going deeper. She is talking about very surface level things. But my question, so that was just in response to what you shared, but my question is, do you find the likes of maybe a Cynthia G or women who would be alleged to speak ill of black men as detrimental to black men as you find Kevin, um, Kevin's rhetoric to be a detriment to black women? Um, I, I listen, like I, I said earlier, I listen to a variety of opinions and I'm very f familiar with Cynthia G. And, um, you know, there's a, a stark contrast between Cynthia G and, um, and um, Kevin, you know, Cynthia speaks from what I've seen about, you know, things that have taken place um, in our community, things that are documented in news articles or in um, law proceedings or, um, you know, just things that you can find uh, along the internet and news media. Um, whereas Kevin kind of 
comes from, I don't want to say a more anecdotal space because he does state statistics for some things, but kind of like life's experiences. And usually those experiences are really negative, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that guys might not like to hear, um, some things that Cynthia says, um, but you know, they are, you know, documented occurrences, things that, that took place and mm. kind of are what they are, you know, I, I understand. And from, from, um, you know, this whole petition thing blowing up, I understand that, um, guys don't like to hear the reality of the world that we're living in today and their role in it. Um, and kind of how they have allowed things to become what they are, but, that's just what it is, you know? Yeah, I think I have to say really quickly, um, and I just have a part two to the question, um, really quick. Uh, now, I have, I, I don't listen to Cynthia G regularly. I have listened to her in the past, a few of her shows, um, and and or heard her on other people's panels that I do, you know, did listen to very heavily. Um and I do hear her generalize. I hear her generalize and, you know, she's not necessarily speaking about like specific things that are ha that have, you know, that are occurring in the community. She does generalize black men a lot. Um, so um, I just wanted to um, rebut your statement and kind of put that out there because in all honesty, yeah, I've, I've heard those generalizations a number of times from her, but I wanted to know like what you think about like censorship, because I know in my own personal opinion, you know, censorship can be pretty dangerous when we talk about, if you think about like even, you know, YouTube censoring, you know, people who are subscribed to the flat earther theory or anti-vax people, or, you know, like typically, and not necessarily, I'm not a flat earther, don't necessarily believe that, but um, like there is something that you don't want other people to hear when you want to censor something. And a lot of people believe that they're, you're, you're wanting to censor it because there's truth in it and it could shed a negative light on, on said group. Um, and I want to know your thoughts on that. If you do believe that censorship is dangerous, if you think that there are certain situations where censorship is okay, uh, just, I guess, your general thoughts on censorship. Okay. Um, first, I want to go back to the comment about Cynthia G. Um, now, mind you, I don't think she knows who I am, right? Um, mm -hmm. I've, I've listened to her, but like... I think she knows who you is, Natcha. Yeah, but I've, I've listened to her, um, but like I've never conversed with her, okay? Um, but from, let's say, for example, there is a statistic where um, I think Kevin has mentioned this specifically, that there is a high number of um, quote-unquote baby mamas, <laughs> right, in our community, women, um, single mother women. And um, I, I think that statistic is around 72% or something like that. Um, you know, Kevin says that these women basically are, you know, giving birth to children out of wedlock, okay? Um, and on the flip side, when Cynthia speaks about um, the reality as she sees it, you know, um, using that same 72%, she can come to 
a conclusion. I haven't heard this specifically. I don't want to try to quote anybody specifically, neither Kevin nor Cynthia, but she can say that basically there's a 72% chance that if you are, um, you know, sexually involved with the black guy and you do get pregnant, you know, there's a 72% chance that you will end up being a single mother. And I don't think that that is, um, it, I don't think that that that's a misrepresentation. It might not feel good to hear that said out loud, you know, um, but the reality is, is that it is what it is. You know, Kevin can say that the women are 50 are 72 percent responsible for it. And then on the flip side, Cynthia can also say that the men are 72 percent responsible right. for it. That's so. a huge statistic anyway. It's like when you yeah. look, dive deeper into that statistic, it's a common talking point, but yeah. the statistic is skewed because it would make you believe that 72% of Black women are having babies and they're single. Number one, it's not 72% of Black women, it's 72% of the Black babies. Now, Black babies also includes babies that are biracial. So they would be included in that. Um, and, and in addition, that means single, like unmarried, but that does not mean you're a single mother. Maybe you're partnered, you have a, a long-term relationship with someone. So I hate that statistic and I understand what you're saying mm -hmm. regarding how the statistic can be presented on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Because either way, even if it were a non-Black mom, it's still, you know, the result of a um, child being created with a Black man, you know? So right. I, I think that, you know, people are kind of... Um, um, mischaracterizing some of the things that Cynthia is saying. That's just my, my statement there. Now, when um, we talk about censorship, um, you know, I don't really see the petition as quote unquote censorship. I see that it is a, um, <laughs> a rebuttal or a response to some really dangerous rhetoric that has been spewed by Kevin and the community that he belongs to. Um, I see Kevin as kind of the leader of that community. And um, that community has, like I said, permeated almost every facet of daily life for all of us. Um, so I just see it as, um, you know, a way to kind of resolve the threat as it relates and um, is targeted to that specific demographic. Um, I, I do think that there is a, well, I know that there's a right to freedom of speech and I'm not contesting that. However, when that right infringes on another, another's, another demographic safety, you know, um, then, then, you know, we really have to be honest about what it is, you know, like I, I, we really have to be honest about the fact that um, that there is a responsibility from all of us to each other when we talk about um, freedom of, of speech and the reality that censorship occurs when your speech makes others unsafe. Okay, and I'm glad you I'm glad you said that because that's the next area that I wanted to go in. Um, in your petition, um, you specifically said acts of violence, sexually predatory behavior, and even death has been documented stemming from Mr. Samuels and his community of follower, followers has spewed rhetoric in the last 12 months. Um, will you cite any sources uh, from that? Um, because I, I, when I read that, I was like, okay, now... Um, 
to me, if a person is talking rough to me or like saying something that I don't like, um, I don't consider that violence. But now if I do go on a panel and I'm having a discussion and um, people are up there calling me all kind of bitches and hoes, I still wouldn't consider that violence. Um, I would consider that bad language. But I wanted you to clarify um, the sexually predatory behavior, um, especially the death part that you said stemmed from Kevin Samuels and his followers. Um, yeah, there is a um, there is a statistic. Um, I think I would consider it to be a statistic where a black woman is killed every nineteen hours. I think it is. Um, as of um, this day, I think, or this time in 2021, more than 800 women have been killed. 800 black women um, have been killed um, by um, their intimate partner. And um, I have to go back into the statistics, but um, a significant number of those who have committed those crimes are black men. Um, I. Um, can't give you a specific name at this time, but I can follow up with you if, 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 you know, that's something that I need to do. Um, but I think that, uh, the, the conversation, the, the breeding ground is what is contributing to all of that. When we speak of the, the threats of violence, um, I've heard, um, Kevin say himself, um, on his streams, you know, he'll say something like, well, if he could knock your teeth out your mouth or rearrange the furniture in your mouth, um, uh -huh. he do the same things. And, you know, maybe Kevin wouldn't consider, you know, actually knocking somebody's teeth out their mouth or rearranging the furniture in their mouth. But one of his, you know, millions of subscribers that hear him might actually consider that, you know, and um, you know, it may never be revealed that, um, you know, <laughs> you know, that a person heard them say that and thought that that could be a viable option. Um, so when we speak about the deaths of women, I mean, the fantasies of death to women, you know, there was a conversation, there was a conversation, um, I don't know if it was after the, um, the average at best thing, um, but there was a conversation in the community for a little while about how women weren't needed, like men could exist without women um, ever, you know, being here um, unless they wanted to use us for um, procreation, you know, they wouldn't need us unless they wanted to create a child, you know, they could perfectly exist well without any woman ever being present, you know, um, unless they needed to you know, create a child or whatever. So, um, you know, that was a full conversation that took place for, you know, a, quite a few of his streams where he, you know, created this world, this fictitious world where women, where women didn't exist and um, made sure to drive the point home that we didn't need women in this world to exist or men didn't need women in this world to exist. Mm, um. Did that answer your question, uh, Danny? I would say that it answered some of it um, because I really wanted to hear, you know, like when you say that, 
somebody has kind of um it's almost like yelling fire in a movie theater um when you say stuff like a person has uh been a part of a community that's con contributed to death then i would ask okay um in the last year we've had people losing their jobs um we've had the coronavirus we've had a you know, this pandemic has been really, really detrimental to a lot of people, um, people being out of work, um, spouses, husbands and wives have really had to be um, with each other because a lot of people have been working from home. And so, you know, to me, there would be other factors that would contribute to a lot of the behaviors as opposed to one man's rhetoric. And that's kind of where my thought process um, went when I um, thought about it. So it kind of answered my question a little bit, but I would have wanted to hear like um, specific statistics to where you would say, okay, um, some of his rhetoric has led to the death of black women. So you're specifically talking about the portion of your question relating to people, you know, black women, um, their lives being in danger or them like, uh, the violence causing right, death. She, I think right, she answered right. the, or even, the other part of the question. And then um, the other thing was like the sexually predatory behavior. Um, would you give us some clarification about that? Uh, yeah. So when we talk about the last 12 months, um, we all kind of have been like in a really stressful situation, right? It's like something that was like unforeseen and like none of us have really, you know, experienced anything like this before. And, um, you know, some of us, well, most of us were forced to spend more time in a, in a confined environment like a home um, than, you know, we previously ever had been forced to. Um, and we have to be honest and say um, that that is when, you know, Kevin really, really took off. There was, um, he already had momentum going into the pandemic and everything. Um, but the last year and a half um, kind of, you know, gave more time to that message to kind of permeate and, and sink in and everything. Um, so, yeah, I think that while we have seen the violence on the rise in the last year or so, we have to also acknowledge that the messaging got stronger and louder and more present within the last year or so as well. When I speak um, in terms of the sexual predatory behavior, um, you know, Kevin does represent a community and we know that um, that he represents that community, right? Um, and Part of Kevin's um, advice is for older men, you know, 50-year-old men to pursue 20-year-old women or 25-year-old women, really young women that don't know much about life, haven't lived, you know, much life. And these guys know that these women um, don't know much, you know, haven't experienced much, and th they know that they are far, far, far advanced um, as it relates to this woman's cognitive reasoning ability and understanding of how the world, you know, quote unquote works um, and how he does, right? So when we think about the, um, the, 
promotion of older men, you know, 50-year-old men dating very young women. Um, I consider that to be predatory in nature um, because there are um, really quality women that are closer to their age range, available and single and, um, you know, interested in marriage and to intentionally go after really young, um, inexperienced uh, women um, leads me to see that as somewhat predatory. I have a question for you, Goldie. And mm-hmm. this, well, this was not my original question, but mm-hmm. uh, just to piggyback off of what you just said, um, do you find it equally as predatory when young women are going after old men for their pockets, like for you know the, the sugar babies? Do Good you question. find them as predatory as well? Um, you know, hmm, I never really thought about um, that because. A, a woman, a young woman who is pursuing a, an older woman for um, money and stuff um, kind of is more advanced than a younger woman who is just, you know, minding her business, you know, living her little 20 year old life and um, is approached by a man um, who has the resources and everything to kind of get her attention, you know. Um, so I think a lot of times we, um, from what I've seen since this petition has come out, um, uh, guys, you know, kind of put the shoe on the other foot, quote unquote, and ask um, if it would be the same thing if a woman did X, Y, and Z. Um, but that's not really what um, is 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 not really what the focus of the conversation is on, or really the reality of the conversation. Um, the reality yeah. is those young women who pursue older men for money are more advanced. They've seen more. They've experienced more. And um, even those women, as um, much as as experienced as they are, still um, um, can be taken advantage of by that older man. You know, so whether she be very... I agree. It's it's a different, but but the reason that I asked the questions is because I guess knowing this space, um, you know, they they want to be able to examine things from the other side too, in order to determine if they feel something is if someone is being hypocritical. So the re- that's the reason that I asked that question, and I I understand your response. I think that there are, um, you know, when we think about a just giving a, a an example that everyone can pull from. Um, what's his name? J. Alexander Smith and Anna Nicole. Like there are women who are literally trolling to take advantage of men who like, and it's because these women know the game. And and there are some men that are unassuming. When we talk about some of these older men, they're unassuming. They don't know the game. They, um, of course, don't mind. They want a trophy. They don't mind spending and splurging on you. But these women are are like well equipped with you know the knowledge of how to get a man to, to to break bread how to you know take a man for everything he has so you know there are women that just have these ulterior motives and they are leading with those ulterior motives in order to take advantage of older men too but uh, so i just wanted to examine it from the other side because i know this space and kind of how they think and you know they want to know if you're fair and impartial on both sides. So that's kind of where right. some of the questions yeah. are coming from. Um but you know Jay Alexander and Kevin's audience are kind of two different kinds of men, right? No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I was just exam and I just gave a 
broad example that everyone like understood. So I talked mm -hmm. talked about Anna Nicole because she was like that's kind of that was her that was her her stick. But um, I understand oh, that there is a complete separation of the two. But I just wanted to my question was to examine it from the other side. Now I was familiar with Anna Nicole um, back in the day. I was. I was much younger, um, so again, I might not have quote unquote known the ways of the world during that time, um, and maybe seen that she like was pursuing him specifically for money. Um, what I saw was a really, really old man. I mean, like seventy or eighty years old. He was old as ever, and. Um, they probably connected through their social circles, right? Um, because she was a model and celebrity and stuff. So like they probably were able, I don't know for sure, able to connect in their social circles. Whereas in the community that um, Kevin comes from and the audience of men that he speaks to, these men are intentional, intentionally um, you know, stacking resources or finding way to gain, um, you know, income resources and everything, and then pursuing younger, impoverished, you know, women who, um, who want a better life. You know, they talk yeah. about, um, pursuing women of other countries, you know, that are mm -hmm. third world countries. These women are dirt poor, you know, they right. advocate for getting your resources up and then going and, you know, getting one of those women just because, you know, that woman is young and, you know, he kind of can, can run circles around her, you know? So I, I kind of feel that that's yeah. where predatory behavior comes from. And I understand that. And I don't want to talk focus, uh, you know, on, on Anna Nicole Smith solely. I just thought of the mm -hmm. first example that popped in my head. But I do think by the time they met that her Playboy career and acting was like all well over. I do mm -hmm. believe it, that she was like seeking out someone who was fortunate to take care of her, which could also be deemed as predatory. But, um, I, you know, I, I understand where you're going. And mm -hmm. I, I think that you're very good at kind of highlighting the specifics as it relates to why you've concluded what you've concluded so um, thank you for that thank you i understand too thank you okay um my next question is do you think that women are complaining so much about kevin samuel's rhetoric is because it exposes a lot of their bad behavior to a broad uh spectrum um unlike before um at one point um women were on social media not social media but uh out in the public uh, basically, um, the rhetoric was niggas ain't shit, niggas ain't shit, niggas ain't gonna be shit, they deadbeats, they this, they're that. Um, mm -hmm. Now we have a generation where I would, I'm not gonna say it's necessarily equal, but you, we have a generation of bonnet wears, slipper wears, pajama wears, a uh, whole culture is prevalent in our community. Um, would you say that? women complain so much because he exposes a lot of that type of behavior? Um, no, because again, um, like I mentioned earlier, I believe that those bonnet wearers and um, I can't remember the other ways that you describe those ladies. I think that that's, you know, a small percentage of, you know, who Black American women are, um, you know, holy, right? Um, I think that you know, the bonnet wearers, just like the 
the niggas ain't shit group kind of get a lot of attention and we somehow think that we all fall into either of those categories and you know that's not true on either side um so i don't think that women have criticism against kevin because of though that particular um percentage of women or that you know, particular percentage of Black women are being exposed. I think that women have criticism of Kevin because he's just wrong in some things. Um, I think that his view is skewed and unbalanced in many ways as it relates to Black American women in general, you know. Um, What do you feel like, um, what what do you feel like he's getting wrong for the most part? Um, you know, there was a conversation where he said that black women were ugly, you know, that we were the least attractive women out of all of the other women. And that's just categorically like false. Like there was no real reason for him to attack black women in that way. And not only did that allow, I mean, not only did he send a message, a public message saying that he, as a representative of hypothetically, um, you know, 500,000 black men, you know, um, I'll say half of his million subscribers um, felt that black women were the least attractive. He also sent a message out to other races of men that our own men felt that we were unattractive and encouraged them, you know, I think um, vicariously to also see um, women as being black women as being the least attractive or unwanted or undesirable. Um, I think that with a lot of the statements that he makes um, from his individual perspective, um, he's speaking as a spokesperson for black men and in comments, black men will tell you that he's saying the things that they've always wanted to say. Yeah. Um, he is, you know, really um, saying some things from what I consider to be his individual perspective, but which might really be the black man's collective perspective that our, you know, opinion and really just untrue, you know? So, um, and then like when we talk about the black woman being um, more overweight than other women, I was listening to a YouTuber not too long ago, I won't name her, um, but she went through, Um, the David's Bridal um, website, okay? And she um, clicked on different styles of dresses and the sizes that were available for these dresses and um, found that most of these dresses were available in sizes above 18, okay? They even had sizes like 24 available in these wedding dresses. And then she went back to relate um, those uh, dresses being available in those particular sizes to the numbers that um, Black women are actually being married, right? And the numbers where white women and women of other um, races are being married and found that, you know, the majority of Black women couldn't be the ones buying those larger size dresses, right? That 
um, because we aren't getting married as much as those other women, you know? Um, so to just say that we're the most unattractive, the heaviest, the most overweight or unhealthiest, you know, it's just a lot of opinion that comes off as fact. And it, uh, it really, for lack of a better term, attacks the black woman um, as a whole. And I think that's why a lot of black women uh, don't really appreciate um, a lot of Kevin's rhetoric. So do you reject the, um, the uh, it's not the CDC, but the, the Department of Health, uh, their, their um, statistics on weight uh, that show that uh, Black women are um, more overweight than other groups? Do I reject the notion that Black women are more overweight? Than yeah, other like there are statistics that they do, and I, I'm going to try to find it real quick, and if uh, and so I can drop it in the chat. But um, I've seen the statistics a number of times. Um, it's the Department of Public Health, mm -hmm. and like when they do their statistics, it shows that Black women uh, are, um, you know, percentage-wise, are um, more likely to be overweight than other groups. Mm -hmm. I think that um, you know, historically, I guess I'll say we have, as Black women, carried more weight than other women. Um, and we, you know, you know, we know that we're shapelier than other women, you know, just in, as a general body type and all of that. Um, but I don't think that that's necessarily, quote unquote, overweight. You know, I guess if you want to follow a BMI scale for all races of women, um, then Black women can be considered to be the heaviest. But from what I have seen, and I haven't studied this in any type of statistical um, research or anything, but um, for example, the frame of an Asian woman is significantly smaller than the frame of a white woman or a Latina woman. Um, so to consider those white women or Latina women overweight as it relates to Asian women who are much shorter and much smaller in stature, um, you know, it's kind of misleading. I understand how it could appear to be correct um, because numbers are what they are. But when you look at, you know, the body type and structure and, you know, that whole thing, I don't think that Black women are just obese out here or just significantly overweight as it relates to Latina women or um, white women. Now, yeah. if you want to compare them to, you know, even Indian women, some Indian women, you know, carry weight. If you want to um, compare a Black woman, her natural body, natural makeup to an Asian woman, then maybe so, you know, we would be yeah. it smaller and heavier and all of that type of stuff. So. And I accept what you're saying, but I, I do, I pulled up like the um, minorityhealth.gov and it shows um, that African-American women are uh, leading in, you know, uh, weight. And then there's Hispanic women, um, white women, and then Asian women. But I, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. I think that um, I want to ask you a question, but I do think that, um, some of what we get in this space is what I like to refer to as tough love. And it's really tough. And a lot of times it's hard for us to find the love in what the men <laughs> in this space are saying. Yeah. But um, even when we talk it's about like our weight, yeah, it's hidden. Mm -hmm. But even when we talk about our weight, I absolutely know that I need to lose weight. I am uh, consciously and actively, uh, you know, on diet program and working out and, you know, doing all the, all the things. But, um, I, you know, when I just look around me, even if I look, try to, you know, 
look uh, at, at nuanced situations in my own everyday life. I know that we don't eat the healthiest. I do see more black women that are focused on their weight. Um, and so many black women work out, black women keto, black women, you know, um, getting healthy groups and part of, you know, so many different social groups where black women are encouraging one another. And I'm telling you, black women like shedding pounds. And a lot of this is natural. Some of it is surgery. But um, so I do think that black women are more aware and more conscious of it. But I think sometimes like hearing the truth, even though it's not sugarcoated, even though it's not, you know, music to our ears, is beneficial to us. It lights a fire under us, especially as black people. Like I feel like as black people, we have, uh, we're almost conditioned to like, if something isn't harsh, it doesn't impact us in a way that it exacts change. So I Ooh. think that some of what the men in this space say is beneficial. Um, you know, if, if, if you are, can apply logic and remove your emotions out of this, and I'm just speaking generally, um, when I say you, not, not you personally, but if you can uh, apply logic and remove your emotions out of it, and this comes from a person that is extremely emotional. So it took me some time to um, be able to just kind of accept what the men in this space say, because it was not um, wasn't, you know, covered in, in, in cotton candy. So um, I just wanted to to say that, but I do have a question for you. Um, can I, um, can we respond? Yeah, to absolutely. Go, go ahead. Okay. So there's this lady, I just found her on Instagram and she goes by the handle of the black vegan. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. I told you guys that I um, have this little space and um, I made a post about something that this lady was wearing and um, did more research on her and found that um, she is a vegan. She has a vegan cookbook. Um, she goes, her name is the black vegan. Um, I think that is it. Um, it's the black vegan. Um, this lady's body, <laughs> do you hear me? Is bang ing. Okay. I mean, she is, voluptuous in all the right places and you can tell that she is absolutely health conscious um she seems to probably be between 59 and 511 so she's she appears to be a taller girl i don't know her um but she appears to be a taller lady um but she is very health conscious and so much so that she's created a cookbook to help other um women black women or women in general be more health conscious but she still has um, the curves um, that we've come to associate with Black women. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so I don't think that curves or more weight on a Black woman is a has a direct correlation to being mm -hmm. unhealthy. And I think when we listen to some of the rhetoric in the, in the community and, you know, the space, we hear um, that as a criticism where it could just be misguided or misdirected. And when we talk about why women, some, you know, Black women feel the way they feel about things that are said in the community and in the space, you know, that's why. Just because she has some butt and hips and this lady has all of it, okay? I mean, I hope to yeah. do some of that when, you know, <laughs> I hope to shape this body up in the next couple um, months like she has hers. But, you know, just because we have those hips in that butt and, you know, these breasts and everything doesn't mean that we are unhealthy, you know. Um, no, and then another thing that I wanted to speak about was the, the aspect of tough love that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, 
there's this this belief that I have, okay, that um, women in general, but Black women specifically, um, don't really know how to identify abuse. And maybe Black men in particular um, might not even know what abuse is. But when we speak about that, you know, or ways that they could be exhibiting abusive behavior, the Black men. When we speak of this quote-unquote tough love in these online communities, what's actually happening is that we are being socially abused. And mm. um, I did a video on my channel where um, I said that Black women are so used to dysfunction, dysfunctional relationships that we don't know when we're being abused and I kind of, or we don't know how to identify abuse. And we went into this idea of social abuse and, um, you know, social abuse is, you know, saying. Yeah, I caught some of that video too. So yeah, yeah. Um, and you really highlighted nice. the definition. Yeah, really nasty things, um, making other people to kind of see you as less than or, you know, chipping away at your reputation, so many different things. So um, when we speak of this, this thought of tough love or, um, as the guys would say, holding you accountable, what's mm -hmm. actually happening is that Black women in particular are being socially abused um, in these online spaces. And, you know, maybe the guys aren't aware that well, that's what they're doing. I want to, because I, I definitely want to respond and I still have to ask my question too. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's what she's saying. Oh yeah. Um, I, I, let me just say this really quickly, Danny, and I'll let you chime in before I ask my question because I know you want to okay. respond to it. Um, I, I understand what you're saying, but um, I, I think that I have enough emotional intelligence to me personally be able to distinguish. I know some women may not be able to. Mm -hmm. I think that there is a difference between giving tough love and mm -hmm. social abuse, emotional abuse, psychological abuse. And I have seen men in this space that do engage in acts that would fall under that ca the category of abuse. Uh, mm -hmm. Not most of the men, to be completely honest. I've seen some men at one point in time, I would say like a, a guy nutso, Keith Lamont at one point in time, some of the things that he would do. But I think that to say to a woman that you are overweight, even to use the term fat, that may not be pleasing to our ears, but that does not constitute abuse. Saying all these fat black B-I-T-C-H's, like that, that's that's different. So I do think that there is a, we, we have to distinguish between something that may not be pleasant to hear and it could be co constituted as tough love because I'm saying something to you that is not pleasant to hear, but it's the truth. And I'm saying it in love. I want my black women to do better. And I'm saying this as a woman who is engaged to a man who was, um, you know, Muslim for the majority of his life. He is very, he doesn't sugarcoat anything like at all whatsoever. He's very direct, very assertive. But I know when he tells me, babe, okay, we got to get back to working out or, you know, we need to do, you know, eat healthier or whatever, that it's said in love, that it's not abusive, that, you know, he is concerned. He doesn't want me to have any of these, um, you know, um, debilitating diseases that black people uh, are known to ha catch um, or be diagnosed with, um, that he wants, he's, you know, actively saying, let's go work out together, that he buys me workout equipment and that he wants me to remain active because he wants me around as long as possible. Mm -hmm. And in the same way that some of the men in this space want women in the community to like n not be um, 
to be able to hear the truth, to, to be able to hear the truth without them having to sugarcoat it. So mm -hmm. I understand what you're saying. And I do think that there's a demographic of women who don't know the difference, mm -hmm. but there is a difference between tough love and social or emotional or psychological abuse. Mm -hmm. you know, that's my um, I think that, um, I think that where the issue comes in at is um, those fat black bee comments and stuff that you mentioned um, that mm -hmm. are um, found in all my comment sections on, under my video. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, those comments are there. Y'all go look at them, okay? Because I haven't erased anything. Um, but it's that that behavior goes unchecked and is supported in the community. Like, I really don't hear guys talking about... Um, you know, maybe I have seen, to be honest, I've seen a few guys over the last couple of days, you know, try to reason with other men or whatever. But most of those comments are, you know, have gone unchecked, um, especially before the petition kind of came out and they got a chance to hear a woman's perspective, okay, on um, the things that have been being said. Um, that behavior is supported and it goes unchecked and it, um, kind of as it, it kind of is accepted as normal and it's really abnormal it, there is nothing loving or tough about that thing it is specifically um geared towards breaking the woman down and when you talk about um how your man spoke to you about babe let's go do this let's do that you know let's go work out that's really not um, you know, the, the, the comments, the guys in, in these spaces aren't really framing their criticisms in that way, right? We also know that Black men um, are, I don't have the statistic, maybe one of y'all do. But yeah, Black women, I think, are the largest group of overweight males, too. So, yeah. Like, that's a, yeah. Yeah, so when we talk about, like, social abuse and the criticism, you know, to me, that's just another way where they um, can um, discredit um, the Black woman or continue to um, paint her as unattractive and unwanted. And um, a lot of times, following those comments about us being fat or ugly, there's always or there's usually an accompanying comment about other women and how mm -hmm. other women look yeah. and are better than us. And even, you know, Kevin recently has spoken about, you know, races of other women and how they are, you know, better than or more attractive than um, black women. Um, just for an example, in the picture that I have here on my page, I've gotten so many comments about me being me um, wearing a stanking wig on my head and, um, you know, all of these criticisms. I guess it's tough love to get us to stop wearing weave. Um, but in that particular picture, I don't have on a wig. You know, I, I love a wig and I wear wigs often. Um, but in that picture, I don't have a wig. It's just a way to um, attack me or criticize me or, you know, make me feel some kind of way about myself. And I think that a lot of the commentary in this community is um, geared towards making the woman feel low about herself. I think that their aim is to um, lower the collective esteem of Black women. And, um, you know, I have some thoughts as to why they are doing that. Um, but I think that we have to be honest and really acknowledge that most of the comments aren't coming from a loving or constructive place. They really are yeah. wanting to attack and belittle women. I will agree well, with you with, when you say most of them. Go ahead, Danny. I, I'll ask my question after you. 
Okay, because um, what I was going to say, so if you go and listen to any of the divestment community's rhetoric about Black men, it's mm-hmm. equal, if not more damning um, than um, what the bl- Black manosphere or some of the Black manosphere says about Black women. And mm-hmm. I feel like um, the rhetoric on from the divestment community is equally as divisive. Um, will you be going after any of their channels? No, you know, I think that I want to leave some space for men <laughs> to, you know, do what they want to do. I think that um, I think that this petition, my particular in particular, has kind of brought out the quote unquote petty in men um, where they feel like they need to attack other content creators because um, of my petition, you know, speaking of Kevin specifically. Um, But there are many things that have um, contributed to Black men being seen the way that they are seen, okay? I'm going to talk about divestment in one second. But um, there was, um, I'm not really watching the comments, but one of the comments that you guys flashed on the screen um, spoke about um, Black men being bashed in media for the past 30 years. You know, Black men want to hold women, Black women, accountable for Um, their image and their presentation over the last 30 years by media and, you know, other sources. But Black women haven't been responsible for that, those things. We don't have the power to dictate what media shows and how how media kind of portrays the Black man. Now, the power that Black men have that I exercise myself is to stand up against big media and um, to really um, try to repair their own image. Um, But instead of focusing on petitioning, for example, this more recent video with Little Nas X and that whole thing and how more Black men are being um, portrayed as homosexual and stuff like that, instead of attacking or creating a position, a a petition to address that, they want to talk about a community of women that Um, really is no threat to them. You know, like the divestment community. I don't belong to the divestment community, but I follow a lot of their channels and I have listened to, um, you know, a lot of their broadcasts and stuff. Um, And I do not agree with everything they say, um, but those women are a drop in the bucket when we compare them to a Kevin Samuels or the media machine, you know? So I think that Black men would be better served um, you know, setting their sights on media and repairing their collective image um, more so than focusing on, you know, a, um, a, a YouTuber with a small audience um, spewing some, you know, really, you know, negative comments. I'll agree that some of the divestors, you know, kind of go overboard, <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, Honey, I don't think that um, they are really the issue re- when it comes to their image. With yeah. rhetoric like abort black babies, um, yeah. black I male mean, babies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah it, can, it can get really nasty. And I'm not saying that I that I condone any of that. Y'all know I love my babies, okay? Um, and um, you know, I do have a son and I'll have another son soon, you know. Um, Aww. 
Yeah, I'm not working or anything. And I just I'm I'm happy that the conversation has begun, you know. Um, but um, you know, as you ladies, our mothers, you understand, you know, how precious our babies are to us. And, you know, our sons are, you know, just something else. You know, like the love of, you know, your little boy child is just crazy different from a girl. But um, some of those um, divestor communities can kind of, you know, <laughs> go overboard. Um, but I think that when in, in the beginning, when I spoke about men being the leader and kind of setting the tone, you know, they tell me that I have bigger things to focus on. Like so many people have wondered why I haven't attacked white supremacy and racism and all of these types of things. And it's like they have space to, um, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, create some type of awareness around those things themselves. Like I think that they have much more pressing things to focus on than what, you know, a divestment ch channel is talking about. Um, those divestment channels really aren't, um, you know, interested in like dating them, you know? Um, so I think that black men would be better served, you know, if they wanted to put some energy behind their collective image um, and reputation or, you know, creating favorable conditions for the women that they are interested in um, dating and building a community with. So I do have to say to your point, um, although Black women are not responsible for, you know, how, well, uh, I, although Black women are not in control of how the media portrays Black men, um, Black women have supported media that portrays Black men in a negative light. And Black women in mass have not stood up or, you know, uh, joined Black men and said, you take the charge and we will be right there behind you to ensure that, you know, we are not in support of and that we speak out against Black men being uh, shown in a negative light in the media. But um, I want to know, um, I'm sorry, my, my phone just locked and I, I can't get to my question. Can I just speak to that? Yeah, go ahead. I think, I think that we're placing a heavy burden on women in terms of expecting women to um, advocate for the black man's um, reputation or his image um, being portrayed in media when the black man First, the black man himself isn't, um, you know, speaking about how he's portrayed in media. And aside from that, when we go back into um, the high preponderance of single mothers in our community and the lack of marriage and the lack of, um, you know, importance around family and legacy and all of that type of stuff, you know, we are expecting women to kind of um, support men that aren't returning that loyalty to us. Okay. And when we think yeah. about the, the, the rhetoric of, you know, these spaces and how they are, you know, publicly spewing what you would consider to be tough love, <laughs> what I would consider to be social abuse against, um, black American women. It's like, how can you expect, you know, there to be a movement around your image when, you know, you're dropping the ball, you know, in our day-to-day -day life, you know, so. Yeah. 
So in, as it relates to that, a couple things. Uh, number one, the men in this space are actually, that's a big focus as it relates to the rhetoric and sharing and pro promoting and them being proponents of black male media is how they were have been viewed for the last 30 years. Now, maybe the prior generation did not stand up and speak out against it, but the men in this space absolutely do. And I don't want to get it confused. I don't think that everything that comes from this space is tough love. I think that you have to, um, I've done a very good job of, of kind of creating the, the, um, a algorithm that I want to see on my timeline. I think mm -hmm. that you have to tailor what you listen to, to what you enjoy and what feeds your soul. So mm -hmm. I know that there are toxic content creators and most of it is really not the content creators. It's really their audience from what I've seen. Mm -hmm. I know that there are people that are engaging in different types of abuse as it relates to black women. So mm -hmm. I'm not saying all of what you hear in this space. I, I'm largely talking about the people in my audience because these are the channels that that I frequent. So the people in my audience, they, for example, would say black women are fat. Black women, typically they may say black women are the most overweight group. That is a common talking point that we hear. To mm -hmm. me, that's not social abuse. So that's what I'm differentiating from. I'm not saying this uh, abuse doesn't happen in this space. It, mm -hmm. I, I can, I agree that there is emotional and psychological abuse that occurs in this space because I have been the victim of it. So I'm not talking about all the folks in this space. I'm talking about the ones that I, I frequent their channel and I engage in conversation with. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. Yeah. They they all in my comments, girl. And they'll tell me to kill myself today. And oh then tomorrow gosh. be sending me comments again. You know, tomorrow will be sending me new comments. You know, asking. Now that's disgusting. And I'm like, yeah, I'm very, supposed to be dead. Well, Why are you still texting yeah. me? Because you. Now, I would never say that that's tough love. Now, I'm not talking no, about something like that. No, Absolutely that's, disgusting. And I, I'm not, right. you know. I wasn't privy to what you experienced, but I have myself been experienced, called all out of my name, disgusting, unattractive, whatever, whatever. So I do think that there is an element. I just, I guess I've tailored, you know, what, what I see on my timeline or my, within my algorithm to what I enjoy listening to. And I don't see that regularly, but I do know that it happens. Right. So I don't want to dismiss what you're saying. So mm -hmm. let me quickly ask my question. So I, so we can uh, move on. Um, Damn, I, you ain't asked no question yet. No. Okay. Oh, you hear me? We're going back and forth. Um, so listen, I'm not about to deal with you. Um, what I want to know is, um, is your concern because we, you know, you I just talked about the divestment um, community and uh, basically they're a drop in the bucket. Um, however, at one point in time, the manosphere was also looked at as a drop in the bucket. They were a small niche group of Very men small. that were spouting this rhetoric. And now, uh, Kevin has blown up, and as a result, a lot of the the the, the talking points, uh, a lot of the mindset from this space is being shared on a um, you know on a larger stage. But um, is your concern it, that you know the bigger that the um, uh, mindset of the men in this space gets, the um, let me see, let me how can I ask this? I actually got um, that question okay, too. Now, let, let me okay, let me just. Okay. Go, Go ahead. Because I was trying to figure out a way to ask it because I just have typed out, sorry, what um, the, the actual subject, but not the question. Okay, so let me ask okay. it this way. Um, uh, do, is, is it not that there is, do you not believe that there's some truth in what is being shared if there is this 
um, concerned that his message is growing at such an alarming rate, is it not that there's some truth in the shared experiences that men have? If it were not, or if, if you don't believe that there is truth, then how could there be a concern that there will be a continual growth of this mindset if other Black men who had no idea that Kevin existed or the manosphere existed uh, will so quickly latch on to those talking points? Isn't it likely that it's because they've also experienced some of the same things regarding Black women? Well, you know, when it comes to those divestment channels, um, I am subscribed to a good number of them, and I do listen to their perspective, but I won't say that um, that that I can identify with it, right? We spoke about, you know, the aborting the Black baby statement and all of that stuff. And, you know, I want all of my Black babies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, just because I listen to it doesn't mean that, um, you know, I can identify with it. Um, but when we speak about, um, like, their thoughts becoming more mainstream, you know, one of the reasons why um, I feel that, um, you know, there may be somewhat of a plateau, um, you know, with Kevin's, you know, platform as we talk about true mainstream, like a Steve Harvey or something somebody else mentioned, um, T.D. Jakes, um, is that there is a promotion of there. There is there is a lot of negativity associated with his words, and we'll go in. Well, we can get into what I consider to be the social abuse or even the domestic discipline, domestic violence, abuse type rhetoric, you know, those things, um, you know, are, I, I don't know about, you know, being picked up mainstream. Um, even the promotion of um, interracial dating is another thing that I don't know, you know, really about. Um, so one thing that is surprising to me is the higher Kevin gets, the more he's promoting interracial dating or um, dating women outside of the black community. And even on the other side, um, you know, they talk about dating um, men of other races. And, you know, I say, go where you're appreciated on either side, you know, but I wonder why is there not more focus and more conversation regarding, you know, Black men doing the work and stepping it up to become better, um, just as there's this focus on Black women stepping it up and doing the work to become better. Um, so, you know, I just don't... Um, see you, you know, when it comes to the whole mainstream you might have to ask your question again but when it comes to okay. the whole mainstream piece um i think that we what's really happening is that there is a lot of individual perspective being spoken to a growing audience and um that individual perspective is um that kind of hits on what I was trying to ask. Like I, I was asking, doesn't it mean? Doesn't it seem as though there's some validity to his message for it to grow at such an alarming rate? Isn't it possible that these men have also had negative experiences with black women? Um, that you know that they're hearing this voice that has a platform that's speaking about these negative experiences and highlighting areas of opportunity that black women need to focus on. Isn't mm -hmm. it possible that it's because they've also experience the same thing, not 
not him infecting them, but mm -hmm. they're like, they have shared experiences, I guess. No, I think it's, I think it's more so the shock value that is causing the platform to grow. If I'm, if I'm honest, um, you know, a lot of people come to his shows to see the black woman like dissected and like destroyed. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of men of other races that have sent me comments and, um, in support of Kevin and those men, you know, don't date black women, you know, um, they date women in their community and um, they, you know, support Kevin and what he's doing and, you know, kind of what he's saying. The thing is, is, you know, what he's doing and what he's saying is, you know, squarely centered on the black woman when we talk about the negative aspects of it, um, because he has mentioned how all of the women of those other races, you know, are, you know, seemingly better choices than what us Black women, quote unquote, do and kind of the culture that we find ourselves in. So I think that the platform is growing because men, um, you know, like to see the Black woman beat up. <laughs> well, let me. That's what I think. Let me ask you this. People can't put on display what they don't have in front of them, right? So mm -hmm. you have black women actively just doing stuff for the sake of doing it. No rhyme or reason. It's just that I'm going to do it because you can't tell me what to do. Um, I'm, in a, I'm in a certain spot. This is what I want to do. F everybody. I don't care what you think. I don't look, I'm not looking to be under your authority. Um, I'll still have all these kids without, um, anybody's, uh, any, any father being around. Um, what do you say to that? Because this is what's on display for everybody to see. Mm -hmm. Um, I've said that black women have become the face of, we represent, the ghetto um and i'm saying like and and, and it's such a bad way like we, we're representative of that and i don't think that a lot of us care what do you say in, in regards to that um now when you say actively doing stuff like what do you mean by these women are actively doing things like what kind of things are they actively doing are you saying giving birth to the children is we're uh we lead we lead um statistics in single parenthood um mm -hmm. we with the bonnets and the slippers and the pajama wears mm -hmm. and um the the weaves and um you know and i'm not saying that other women don't participate in these types of behaviors but we have seemingly become the face of that um mm -hmm. when it comes down to our representation um when mm -hmm. you turn on your tv and you turn on a housewife of course they have white women doing the same thing and i've, I've watched some of their shows mm -hmm. they do some of the same things but it seems like our shows are highlighted when we participate in that um mm -hmm. i've watched the bad girls club and i Curlin had me watching this mess about a month ago mm -hmm. and I was just appalled. It was my, my first time seeing it. Mm -hmm. um, it. It's like we've seemingly become the face of everything that's messed up about women. Mm -hmm. um, black women have become the representation of that. Mm -hmm. And then when you have other races of men and they do these online studies about um, other races 
because of men not wanting to date us or um when you deal with other races of men and they say they don't deal with black women they don't want to deal with black women when you uh listen to cynthia g and she he has a white man on and he's saying that black women are welcome at their table to to basically compete um, and to compete with men, not with white women. You know, it, it says a whole, whole lot to me. And I'm just curious, like, what do you what do you think about that with with what we're putting out as a community of women? Um, I think that this is where um, we have to be honest with ourselves as black men and black women. Um, and really think about why um, why we are portrayed on both sides um, the way that we are in media, right? We have the men being the thugs and, um, you know, homosexual or, um, you know, just irresponsible. Um, and then we have the women being, you know, overweight and quote unquote ghetto and, you know, unattractive, you know, undesirable. And um, we really need to think about um, collectively how we are portrayed as a people. Um, I think that um, a lot of Black women play into that. Um, we we play into it. Um, when the bonnet thing happened, I was shocked to see so many Black women you know, ride hard for their bonnet outside. You know, I was, I was really disappointed in that, you know, because we have this whole femininity movement and we have this, you know, luxury for black women movement and, um, you know, high value black women, um, you know, movement going on on social media. Um, but then when the bonnet conversation came up, uh, we had so many women, you know, saying that it was okay to kind of um, allow that to be, be associated with our image. And then we had Black men also join in on the conversation and say that the bonnet was okay. And they were pictured, excuse me, wearing their own bonnet in solidarity of um Black women being able to wear their bonnets and um, women of other races were chiming in saying that there was nothing wrong with the Black woman wearing her bonnet. And uh, we really need to think about um, what that means for other people, right? What that means for other people is that um, the Black race in, in general is kind of taking out of the running um, for um, higher level discourse, you know? for higher level conversation, higher level opportunity, higher level uh, resource, the last person that you would think to give one of those opportunities to would be a black person. Um, because we think that deep down, even though he has on a suit and he looks good and clean and everything, he's just a baby daddy or, you know, has that lower level element to him. And even though she, you know, looks nice today, you know, deep down she has that bonnet wearer um, mentality to her as well. Um, so when we allow ourselves to be portrayed that way and then perpetuate those same images and allow other people to make us feel comfortable in doing so, we ultimately serve, you know, a disservice to ourselves in general. Um, I mean, ourselves um, as an entire group. Um, there was, oh, the single parent thing. Um, when you talk about the fact that we are the face of the single parent, you know, 
I understand why the men are... Or the face of the ratchet, uh, to be more specific. Okay, yeah. Well, I spoke to the ratchet piece, right? Yeah, I got you. Okay, so when we go to the the single parenthood piece of it, you know, I understand why the guys are upset with me, and I I understand why they are... (laughs) I understand why they're mad. I don't understand why they're sending me these crazy comments and stuff. Um, But I understand why they're mad because like they say, when, you know, Kevin is being his hard-nosed self and, you know, quote-unquote holding us accountable, they say the truth hurts. Um, But the reality is, is that um, when we think about the single parent numbers, we just have to be honest about the fact that that what that story is really telling us is that black men are consistently dropping the ball across the board. You know, it's my my perspective that um, black American men have a culture that they all kind of are aligned with. And in that culture, um, family, marriage, children, all of those things, um, and even education to some degree, you know, Kevin has spoken about that a little bit. Um, those things aren't of high importance. And, um, so, you know, what a woman, what a woman's body does is create a child. What a man body, a man's body does is allow, or, or give permission for a woman's body to create that child. Okay, so once um, that man that man is there and kind of made things possible, for, made the environment possible for a child to be created, um, you know, a woman really has, you know, little choice over if she'll actually create the child. She does have choice on if she will allow the child to be born, um, but in terms of, you know the foundational pieces, um, you know, without him, it wouldn't be possible. So we have a lot of women going forward and having those children and becoming single mothers. We have a high number, a significantly high number in our community of them. But when you look at um, races across the board, single mother numbers are increasing across the board. And when we look at, um, you know, the fathers of a lot of these single mothers, you know, the single parent children, however you want to, you know, say it, these children that are being born out of wedlock, you know, there is a correlation between the two. And we have to be honest about that. There is a part of the Black man, the Black American male's culture where he doesn't value um, marriage. And it not only affects us, but it affects women of other races as well. Um, when you talk about the guy that was on Cynthia's um, panel, you know, or the call-in, um, I was actually listening to that show that day. And I think that it was an organic, you know, things. Like, I think that he was just a listener of the show and kind of called in um he called into the show and she took that as an opportunity to ask him a few questions and he spoke his mind about those things. Um, When it comes to um, black women being welcome at the table, you know, we talk about the women, I mean, the numbers of black women pursuing higher education and um, professional opportunities compared to black men doing the same. And we know that there's a stark contrast between the two. So when you um, talk about the fact that black women 
are welcome at those tables that he mentioned is because Black women have made themselves eligible for those opportunities. Um, I think that Black men would also be welcome. You know, I'm sure when we talk about, you know, Kevin in particular, I'm sure that he does business with white men as well. Um, but when, as it relates to that phone call, there is a high number of, you know, Black women that have made themselves available for those opportunities when they present themselves. Um, but the messaging in the community, um, you know, messaging spoken directly from Kevin is that education isn't important and, you know, you don't get any extra value for pursuing that that extra education. But in reality, and I think that's another thing that really angers Black women who do value education and know of its importance, um, in reality, a lot of people see that as a value. They see it as an asset. And men of other races are just confirming that that is valuable and that it is an asset. That, you know, I think that's interesting. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say really quickly. I think that's interesting, but I do not think that it is just by design that black women are strategically placing themselves in positions where they're able to be elevated and take advantage of some of these opportunities out here. Um, I think that that is essentially, um, a part of the design system of white supremacy. I think that women are being intentionally elevated above their uh, black male counterparts in order to um, in order to impact the black family. I think that corporate right. America is one of the last bastions of uh, white supremacy of, of slavery. It's a, it's um, the arena that white men, white male patriarchy dominates. So I think that it, it's just, it's not just by chance that women are being given these opportunities. I have personally witnessed black men, a black man who has far more education than I do, far more experience than I do, struggle to find a job in corporate America. Very articulate, uh, you know, just, you know, uh, very well-rounded. I also am in a position where I influence um, hiring and promotion um, and I see it happen. If you are a strong black male, you are less likely to be promoted. And I will intentionally um, give a good assessment of those people, not not rightfully so, because they're deserving of it. And I've still witnessed them be bypassed. Now, if you are more effeminate, you will, you know, get promoted. But black women will, will um, exceed in the arena that I work in. But I see them pass over strong black men for promotions constantly. You know, let me speak to that quickly. Sure. I think that um, I've experienced that myself. Like I have a career and um, you know, I am a married woman, but I am um, still, I really want to have a spectacular career. Okay. But I know I am trying to have my children as well. And I'm learning that I'm probably going to be, I'm finding that I'm probably going to be stepping away from um, my career ambitions for a while. But even as a married woman, I still am pursuing higher education, not 
to compete with my husband, but to bring value to our household, whether it is, you know, teaching the children if I want to decide to homeschool them or um, being able to being aware of more resources or opportunity opportunities because I am more I'm, I am, I've learned more. I've seen more. Um, I'm more aware of things and bring that back to um, my children and my husband or even um, to support him in whatever way I can support him with whatever, you know, knowledge I've gained. I think that um, Black women pursuing higher education gets a, a really bad rap um, because um, I am a proponent for um for higher education, you know, the highest education possible. If you have the ambition to pursue your PhD, girl, go ahead and do it. You know, whether you are a single woman or a married woman, whether you are a young woman or an older woman, um, get as much education as you can. That's my perspective of it. Um, I don't think that that it has to be used in the form of competing with another man or competing with your husband. I think that it is an asset. I think it's something that if, you know, tragedy strikes, you have something to fall back on. I think that it is um, something for your children to even gain value from, to know that their mom um, and hopefully their dad um, you know, viewed education favorably and thought that it was valuable and saw worth in it. Okay. Um, when we speak about, I the, agree. thank you so much. Um, you know, everything that I think everything, well, I don't think it, but it seems as if um, almost every way that black women seek to better ourselves, um, there becomes some type of negative, you know, element to it or some type of destruction to the family type of element to it. And oh, it no, that's not what I'm saying at all. No, I don't no, think no. black women should. Oh, I don't think no, black women really. should shrink themselves. I, yeah. I, I think that we absolutely like if we're even when we're put in positions and it's intentional to mm -hmm. win above our counterparts. I think mm -hmm. that we strategically should um, take that opportunity and elevate our partners. Like yeah. I'm not saying ever to shrink yourself to do. Yeah. Less because you think that you were not, you did not earn this opportunity. Oh, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, not you in particular, and not most women. But when we talk about women, I mean, when we talk about women advancing ourselves in many different ways, or even when you want to speak about adorning ourselves, um, you know, with the makeup, with the weave, with the um, extensions or nicer clothes or whatever, there's always some man saying that saying something bad about it. You know, that's just what I've seen. But when you spoke about um, those strong Black men um, that you mentioned and how they were overlooked in the corporate world, you know, my um, employment experiences have shown me differently. I have been, let me tell you, I was in this one place for like, um, I ended up working there for about seven years and I got one raise out of that entire seven years. I really liked the work that I was doing because it was impacting to other people. But I had the degree, I had the creden credentials, I had the experience, I had, um, you know, the the um, ability to kind of write these proposals and grants and all of this type of stuff that the men didn't have. These men were high school graduates and they were promoted and elevated beyond me. I mean, so black many men? different black men, so many mm -hmm. different times in so many different ways. And um, we had a black 
um, CEO. And what that taught me is that when there are Black men in higher places, um, then that Black man is able to pull more Black men up with him. Mm. You know, um, it was during that position that I had my first child. And I kind of understood it after I became a mother because prior to having my baby, I um, I would work. <laughs> Let me tell y'all. Um, I have never been like very social, so I wasn't, I've never really been a girl to be out in the club and stuff, even though I do enjoy a little drink and relaxation and stuff. Um, I've just never been like a club hopper, that type of thing. So you could find me working on holidays. You could find me working during extended breaks. Like I would work between, you know, that Christmas and New Year's break that we have. Most of us are able to just relax those five or six days, but I would actually go into the office and do stuff, you know, because I didn't have children and I was so interested in building a career and everything that I put a lot of work into um, what I was doing. But once I had a child, you know, my focus shift shifted and, you know, other things became important to me. So instead of feeling like I was being looked over or invalued, I saw Black men pulling other Black men in that could be more consistent than me, you know, because um, I was off for three months with maternity leave. And if my baby even, um, if I heard my baby had even cried a little longer than necessary or than normal. I was leaving work to go and get my baby, you know, so many different things. So um, I began to see it a little differently, but it showed me that when a Black man is in a, a position of power, he's able to pull more men, um, more qualified men along with him. And in the organization that I'm working for now, it's a really, really big organization. And that's part of the reason why I um, want to be, why I don't want to leave, <laughs> even though I want to have another child. After this one, I don't want to leave because there are so many opportunities there. But the head CEO of my um, organization is Black. The um, regional directors and all of those people are Black. Um, my direct supervisor um, is a Black man. And, um, you know, a lot of the people, you know, that are on my level and people um, that the guy, you know, my supervisor is pulling in are all black people, you know? So when it comes to um, corporal advancement, corporate advancement and all of that type of stuff, I don't think it is this malicious thing where um, women are um, just being handpicked and hand selected for promotion. I think that once black men get into those positions of power and are able to make decisions, then they can more readily pull their people along. You know, my supervisor yeah, pulled me along. Yeah. You know, I came in um, with my credentials and degrees and stuff, but it was a different um, sector than what I had normally worked in, right? But my supervisor came to me, he gave me a little entry-level job. I, I had got it in my mind that 
I wasn't going to let these people keep passing me up for promotion and stuff. So I just quit. Right. I didn't have a job lined up or anything. I cashed out my 401k and I'm like, I'm on to bigger and better things because they're not going to keep, you know, overlooking me. So it took me about a month or so to find a, a new position. And that's where I um am now. And my supervisor put me in um, an, an entry-level position. And um, about two months after working in that position, he approached me and said, hey, I think you would be good working in this area. Um, so you would need to go back to you know school and get some certifications here and there. But I want you to consider it. And I mean, that was an increase in pay of about $30,000 and opened up so many other opportunities and all of that stuff. And the only reason why I was able to get it was because, you know, he saw that value in me and he was in a position where he could bring people who looked like him along. And um, since I've been on that journey, I've seen him bring so many people, even those quote unquote bonnet wearers and ain't shit niggas or whatever y'all was saying. I mean, if they have the desire to attain the certifications and, you know, they're, they're going to come to work on time and do the job and, you know, be um, problematic, like he is bringing people on board. So I just encourage um, Black men to get into a seat of power. And once you are in that seat and you're able to make those decisions, bring your people along. Okay. Well, I do have one last final question um, because we do have um, our after show, which is going to start at 1.35 PM Eastern standard time. Mm -hmm. um, it will be an open panel. We're not going to let you guys come all on at once. So, yeah, we'll mm -hmm. rotate you guys in and out, but you guys will be able to come up and ask your questions on the panel uh, once we wrap up. So we're, we're wrapping up our final questions and get ready to click the link for our after show, which will be just in a few minutes. Yeah, thank you. Um, if his if Kevin Samuel's channel gets taken down, um, what do you think that would accomplish? Um, you know, ultimately, I feel that it would um, start the conversation that, um, you know, derogatory statements, statements inciting violence against women, um, you know, attacking women or whatever, um, those statements aren't to be tolerated, right? Um, so many times, I think that historically Black women have kind of um, turned a blind eye to the public mistreatment from Black men and the, the quote-unquote tough love um, from Black men in, in view of, of the world. Um, but I think that if he were to, um, you know, be removed from this easy, easily accept, um, easily accessible platform like YouTube and like Instagram, um, then it will show that, um, you know, that type of rhetoric just isn't to be tolerated. You know, aside from my goal there, I also am interested in working with um, some state and federal legislators so that we can um, have some enhancement around sentencing for domestic violence 
um, convictions and things like that, um, just so that we can further send the message that, um, you know, abuse, domestic abuse, violence, um, that type of language and rhetoric um, has real world implications and they won't be taken lightly. Okay. Okay. Well, Goldie, that that was, yeah. I got one more too. Okay. Go ahead. So uh, my final question, I just want to know Goldie from you, like what is the appropriate recourse that you think men should employ or exercise um, regarding their disdain or their um, uh, disappointment in black women regarding their concerns for the community? Do you think that they should just, uh, you know, uh, exercise SYSBM as an appropriate um, action? Do you think like, um, what what would be the appropriate response to um, what they feel is, um, you know, negative behavior coming from black women that negatively impacts the community? What What do you think black men should do? You know, um, going back to my initial statements, I view men as the leader, right? I, I view men as being in charge. They set the tone. They set the direction. It's kind of like up to them. You know, the environment that they create is what we will have. You know, a lot of times I um, say that you can look out your window and kind of see the the kind of community that Black men have created. And when we look out our windows in our communities, you know, what do you see? Um, you know, Black men are largely responsible for what it is that we see. Um, so what I would encourage Black men to do is to really step into their higher nature, you know, become their best selves. Um, and becoming that 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 depiction of um, their higher nature, their best selves, will the women and children will naturally fall into place, right? Um, when men show other men holding men accountable and not, you know, criticizing or making excuses through the women or what women do or women's behavior, but when men really take accountability and responsibility for their own actions, their own image, their own words, um, and how those words make um, the, and how those words create a reality for the women and children that they live that live in that world, I think that things will improve um, by leaps and bounds in just a short amount of time. Um, so what I would encourage men to do is to really begin to take an introspective look. It's really easy to say what women aren't doing or what women haven't done correctly. Um, but I would encourage men to really take some time and look within and determine what are some things that we can be better at? What are some things that we could do better? Where are some um, areas that we can improve in? What are some mistakes that we're making? What, you know, just really ask those questions and commit to um, doing the work necessary to improve. Um, It seems from Kevin's rhetoric, you know, over the last year or so, um, and then the tone of the community that he comes from, that men are, for lack of a better term, above reproach, as if they don't have mm. any room for improvement, as if they aren't making any mistakes, as if they cannot be better than who they are today. And um, I think that ultimately that serves as a 
um, disservice for all of us, you know, because like I said, the women and children are depending on uh, the guys to get it right. You know, um, for so many years, um, you know, men have been silent. I, I saw one of the comments speaking about um, my video about men being sleep for the past 30 years. For the past 30 or 40 years or however long you want to go back, men have been silent um, to the injustices inflicted upon themselves and even their women and children um, and the reality that has created for all of us. Um, if men could step up and be more vocal about what's right and be in a position to take advantage of those opportunities and spread those resources when they are available and yada, 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 you know, it just would improve um, the women that they complain about, the children that they give, that the women give birth to in the community that we all live in. Um, so yeah, I would encourage men to really take a look within and see how they can make improvement. Oh, yeah, it was doing the work to, to, to manifest in that improvement. Thank you, Goldie, um, for answering my question. Um, mm -hmm. We are actually going to start the process to shut it down. And um, but, but before doing that, because someone asked this question and I meant to ask you earlier, it's just a quick question. Mm -hmm. um, ha have you seen a surge in growth on your channel as a result of the petition? Um, yeah, I've gotten a few new subscribers uh, and shout out to them. I've seen some of their um, their names come across the screen. So they did support um, this broadcast today. I'm not looking at the, the YouTube chat, you know, the chat underneath the video. I'm just looking mm -hmm. at what's coming through the super chat. And thank you, ladies, for coming over and um, supporting this broadcast and the important work that um that sister george and concrete rose are doing um but see look we got canon wiles right here and his petition for a babysitter <laughs> and formula milk oh my god and you know i plan to breastfeed my baby so hopefully <laughs> we'll need the formula, formula. <laughs> um but i don't know why i would need a babysitter you know when i'm capable i'm perfectly capable of you know watching my own babies you know just just really derogatory and yeah. unnecessary comments to women you know women have children that's what we do and his Absolutely. five dollars wouldn't be enough to cover any of that so listen that is the greatest like, gift like 75 dollars okay and <laughs> talking all right that's the greatest gift that a woman can have so kudos to you i'm excited for uh you and your new upcoming bundle of joy um uh, it's so dope to like bring forth life that is like the most beautiful thing in the world so congratulations to you and we do want to we want to give you a few minutes to get yourself together so we want to start the process to shut it down but not before telling you thank you thank you this was like extremely dope very valuable yeah. information and just great discussion huh danny yes it was it really was um you know, we had some tough questions. Um, you went through those tough questions. Um, and, you know, I didn't know you were pregnant. So, um, yeah, that I'm, I'm, I'm almost sitting here in a state of shock. I'm so excited for you, though. Because mm -hmm. motherhood is such a beautiful thing. And especially with your husband. Yeah. That's so good. Like, oh, yeah. that is so good. So mm -hmm. I'm really excited. Um, I'm so glad. Huh? Can I ask you why you're shocked about it? Because we, we didn't know. We had no clue. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah. it was like, uh, um, uh, you know, I, then I started to worry about like, the stress being, yeah this is yeah stressful. like being in this situation is like it's a stressful type of situation excuse me it's a stressful type of situation um mm -hmm. especially with everybody coming for you um right. that was my know, immediate concern too yeah like oh yeah. my gosh you're pregnant and people are wishing death on you and all that type of stuff that's disgusting you you as women we automatically are like oh my gosh you know like it's just a instinctual yeah. protective nature of, you know about other women so i felt the same way danny yeah so that, that was all but i'm so thankful that you actually Actually gave us an opportunity to to um interview you first and Absolutely. to um for this exclusive. So we we are really 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 appreciative of that. Thank you so much for that. Oh, you are so welcome. And um, I'm um, I don't want to say too much because I don't know these people online. But um, my children are strong children. I have a little boy growing inside of me and. I mean, he is fighting. I mean, he is raring to get up out of here. I hope that he, um, you know, comes, you know, around the due date and not give me a little early surprise or whatever. But he is he is just fine. Don't worry. My husband is taking very good care of me. Um, and I think that um, emotionally, um, while I was surprised about a lot of these comments, um, <laughs> I'm not shocked. Okay. Like I've been in the, in the space for a long time. So I know the venom, um, you know, these men can spew when they have an opposing opinion, um, to come their way. And I think that that also hinders other women from really speaking their truth. Um, and ultimately hinders the man from growing into the man that, um, that he can, you know, ultimately be, you know, his, his best self. So, um, I think that for like you ladies didn't know that, um, I am expecting so many of us don't know the mental and emotional struggles that another person is dealing with and reading comments about my children being bastards, um, or, um, people encouraging me to kill myself, um, you know, that is, you know, shocking and eye-opening for me. But just imagine um, a woman struggling um, with postpartum depression or, um, you know, an, an undiagnosed mental illness or any other form of depression. You know, it's like um, we never really know what people are going through and, you um, you know, we should really think more about that. Reading that um, a single mother who is working hard, you know, who did the right thing to give birth to her children because she wanted her child um, and she is putting in all the work to, to take care of them. And, um, you know, hearing someone tell her that her children are bastards or this woman that has overcome a crazy bout of depression and see the beauty in the sun rising and the sun setting and reading comments about people encouraging her to kill herself. You know, you never know where those comments can take a person. Um, so I encourage the men who find it, you know, necessary to type in text like that um really give some thought to it 
Thank you. I agree. Um, it's, it's, it's That's pretty sad and pretty despicable. And that is abuse. I I, I don't deny when I see abuse happening, that is abuse. Mm-hmm. And it's despicable. And it, it hurts my heart to know that people can be so vile. Um, mm-hmm. I'm extremely empathic. So it just hurts to hear that people are, you know, saying abusive things like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's despicable. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely blessings to you and your baby. We want to give you a, yes. a chance to kind of get everything squared away. So we want to give you a few minutes to do that. Mm-hmm. And while we get ready and prepare to fire up the stream but i can't thank you enough this was so dope and just our pleasure like I, i've enjoyed this thoroughly yeah, yeah thank you for having me and thank you for being your usual bad cop self concrete i don't even know why sister george had to ask you because she should have already known that concrete was coming with the guns ablazing okay baby in the chat i'm woke cop yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm tired of being uh on the other side. Mm-hmm. Child, she's you, live over there, you, you live over there, baby. You need to call Concrete Greyhound, honey, because I be all <laughs> under the bus, baby. She be acting up, you know, I, even if I'm not coming. I'm in the clouds and concrete just be going off sometimes. <laughs> Listen, Girl. only what people deserve. I was really, you know, I try to be tactful. But like mm-hmm. I said, when you come with the white supremacist talking points, not you, I'm talking about mm-hmm, like the mm-hmm. people that come on the show, then yeah. maybe it's a trigger for me. I can't lie. It's a trigger. I need a little Honey, therapy. We myself. know. We know. <laughs> she was worn off the other day before y'all took y'all break. So I'm happy that she got a little chance to calm down. And Sister George, you got a little chance to rejuvenate and recuperate. Okay. Listen, honey, I be having like, I think to. She mixed it up. I think, uh, do you do know that this is concrete and the other person speaking? She know exactly what you mean. Baby, I am the sweet one. (laughs) Yeah, I love both of you ladies. Thank you so much for um, inviting me and having this conversation. I think it's a much needed conversation and um, gives both sides really some things to think about. Um, And I'm looking forward to seeing you ladies at the after show, the panel. I'm looking forward to engaging with some of these guys because I don't hate any of you, okay? I don't hate Kevin or anything like that. Um, and um, I just um, think that we need to have these open conversations more often. All right, so I'll see you ladies over there, okay? Absolutely. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take your time. We'll get it fired up and um, I'll forward you the link and, and you can join us, um, you know, after you and took your break and, you know, do, do what you need to do. Okay, thank you so much. See you ladies later. Okay, bye, Goldie. Thank you, Goldie. Bye, Goldie. Um, Shout out to everybody. (laughs) Shout out to everybody that came through, everybody that super chat, everybody that cashed app, um, everybody Mm -hmm. that came and rocked with us in the chat. Really, really, really appreciate you guys. Um, Come on over to the after show. I'm sure it's going to be lit. lit. It's about to be lit. It's a lit Absolutely. Um. Oh, he said with the softballs. <laughs> I can't stand people. Listen. Listen. Okay, well, you you you're about to have the, the chance to ask your own questions um during the after show. I feel like we asked the questions that needed to be asked within the limited time that we had. But um, thank you for the super chat. Anyways, come on over to the after show and you can throw a couple hardballs. If you have Let's any. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, well. We'll see you in a minute. Bye. Peace.